Hello there, and welcome to another visit to Dynamic Parallels, offering anecdotes and antidotes to fear and chaos in our season of COVID-19. Come with me on a sonic adventure that aims to save the world one podcast at a time. Today, let's uncover some parallels between horses and Taoism and martial arts where I'll be serving some tasty thought treats from a couple of long-term titles in my library. The Tao of Equus is a 20 one book by Linda Cohenoff. I picked up near the end of my tenure in New York City as I was jonesing for alfalfa fields instead of concrete. This coveted book remains prominent in my ever-evolving bookshelves. In her acknowledgments, Linda quotes part of a poem by her friend J. Otis Powell. Wild horses of desire tumble through a mountain wind and ride away with our sanity. For fun, just for fun. Many people might think of horses as being simply fight-or-flight creatures. And in the wild, of course, animals are constantly concerned with protecting and surviving predator, the elements, and food. But this image can be a limiting one and doesn't come near to defining the expansive depth of intelligence and character horses express to those who are fortunate enough to engage with them. Getting to know a horse is a rich and textured adventure that is never sugar-coated or marred with clandestine smoke and mirrors. That's not to say what you see is always what you get. Horses have complex tendencies, unrestricted and full of discovery and wonder. My experience with equines doesn't extend to much observation in the wild other than um, the Discovery Channel or coffee table books. I know horses from a ranch or farm level and work with them in human constructions of barns, stables, fenced fields, and training arenas. Any moment I get to spend with my domestic horses is a prismatic gift. I'm humbled to have been chosen to steward a number of them and take the responsibility with profound gratitude. My hooved partners graciously take me to the entrance into quantum fields of possibilities every time I'm graced by their presence either on the ground or astride their backs. They do indeed ride away with my sanity, as the poem suggests. In the presence of a horse, only the laws of nature rule. Facades and pretenses are replaced by the language that the Taoists call real knowledge. Let's read. Page 189, Tao of Equus. Horses provide consistent feedback. These animals have no vested interest in upholding the coercion paradigm. They can't be bribed with material goods. They can't be distracted with sweet talk and promises. They immediately see through the slightest incongruities of emotion and intention. In activities moderated by humans, Horses are only focused and collected to the extent that the rider is focused and collected. As a result, horses are consummate trainers of human leaders. 
skills learned in the writing arena directly apply to human situations, though it quickly becomes apparent that people are much more tenacious in clinging to old habits, perceptions, and ways of relating. Still, men and women have a better chance of changing their response to dominant paradigm if they first build their confidence outside the arena. Working with horses from a yin-over-yang mindset provides that opportunity. My dynamic parallel here is to overturn the notion that instead of the human being being the trainer, i.e. yang, forcing their way into a horse, it is in fact that the horse is doing the instruction. You know, no Stalinistic yang attitude here, no way. Back to the book. At more advanced levels of this mindset practice, students gain perspective on how to use the so-called masculine virtues to the greatest advantage in horse training and in life. Yin and yang are often characterized as flexibility and firmness, stillness and movement, or softness and hardness, respectively. Taoist practice appears to first emphasize the yin. Human beings rarely employ feminine forms of wisdom. People are conditioned to resort to the yang, to engage in aggressive action and adopt a firmness of mind and body, fed by social structures that are resistant to change. To align with the natural response of a horse, riders learn to access other attributes, those yin elements facilitating a socio-sensual partnership between the two species. However, succeeding here is only the first step. The real magic comes in reuniting the yin with the yang. Taoism says that if we are always hard, we become impatient, impetuous, and aggressive. If we revert to the soft, we become ineffective. As the balance of opposites in the universe, the Tao calls for firmness of will with flexibility of action, neither rushing ahead nor lagging behind. More advanced schools emphasize stillness within movement and true intent. Here, Stillness doesn't refer to actual physical stillness, but rather to inward tranquility in the midst of action. One of the finer points of Taoist practice is determining the source of quality of each action to gauge whether it is the movement of the primordial mind of the Tao, sometimes called real knowledge, or whether it's mixed with projections from the conditioned human mentality, often referred to as conscious knowledge. This Taoist state of mind is tranquil and unperturbed, yet sensitive and effective. A common saying in Taoist calls for human beings to be always calm, yet always responsive, always responsive, yet always calm. This ability is most useful in work with horses and 
The best trainers seem to develop it naturally by interaction with these animals. Yet in order to achieve anything of consequence, the writer has to employ certain virtues associated with yang, namely planning, will, and focus. An agenda of some sort is required for the horse and rider to progress. The trick is understanding when to let go of the working strategy and tap a more expansive viewpoint. Horses respond best to what the Taoists call true intent. When the conscious, discriminating mind is calm and responsive, the right solution or cue comes from a higher source of insight, seemingly without effort. Call it intuition. Call it the bigger brain loop. Call it divine guidance. It may well be a combination of all three. In any case, realizations gained through true intent are always more innovative and effective than options suggested by the strict, linear thought processes of a conditioned mentality. While the Taoists were among the first people to recognize and name this ability, it's the state of mind creative geniuses either possess from birth or stumble upon at a first major turning point in their careers. Through the ages, many people developed skills like true intent and stillness within movement through studies of martial arts, but these are ultimately combative postures. Riding a horse tests upon another principle that Taoists hold dear, that of non-contention. In this capacity, equestrian pursuits have a leg up on the martial arts in forging a vital connection between two life forms as they learn to move in harmony. Ah, the dance of riding. And it's never-ending and it's unfolding of, of wonders. And in itself, it's an amazing destination. But that destination enhances a rich life of thinking, seeing, doing, driving, eating, relating with friends. There have been studies, there have been scientifically proven studies that time and again, that a person that is just merely standing next to and brushing a horse, their heart rates are lowered, which of course is a healthy retreat from human conditions like anxiety and depression. More on that on horse therapy for crazy humans in a later podcast. Okay, so here we are in the midst of the global crash. Our nation is just a hair on the verge of World War III and a gigantic step backwards into a civil war. I thought we'd graduated. I thought we'd learned from those things. The dynamic parallel here might be for me to compare being on the back of my 17-hand warm-blood mare. And as we canter around a turn into a triple combination of fences to jump over, how can we harness together the yang forces? How can we move 1,300 pounds of combined matter weight through space, perturbing all the atoms of molecules that we're moving through and across? How can we be tranquil in those moments? move together from philosophizing and focusing on what we need to do, initiating movement and the relationship working together into a mastery 
you know, it, it, we perturbed atoms in the universe to get to that point. But the moment that the stillness is in the movement, the non-contentious capacity of true intent, that's where the beauty is. And for me, that's where it makes sense to continue on in this crazy life. Um, there's just, there are too many things that point us into fear and chaos. I'd much rather be out in nature worrying about my survival from a thunderstorm than the violence that's taking place on the newsreels and the human on human attacks that are taking place. Um, if we could all just find a little bit of focus and intent, you know, and, um, what the Taoists call real knowledge. I think we'd all see that we're humans, we're animals, we're all occupying a very similar space on this planet. Balance the yin and the yang. Let's find some stillness in our movement and flexibility with the firmness and employ some feminine forms of wisdom here, married into our yang, very active lifestyles. So here we are. Thanks for taking this adventure with me. Thanks for biting into a little bit of Tao of Equus. There's a lot more to come from this book. Um, I plan to have subsequent podcasts and discussions about this. If anybody would like to hear a little bit more, if anybody wants to join me in this conversation of how horses can contribute to being better humans, how we can find some stillness in movement, please find me at Anne at AnneGrice.com or AnneGrice.com, spelled A-N-N-E-G-H-R-I-S-T. And you can jump on the podcast with me, and we can hash out some fun discussions. So hang in there, peeps. Let's keep the vibe going, and let's keep saving the world one podcast at a time. Have you hugged your horse today? Ciao for now. Signing off from Dynamic Parallels. See you next time.